we are in our life we're going to face so much more rejection than, than acceptance or a positive attitude. Alfie, why did you convert to Islam? Uh, to be honest, only God can answer that question, but it was right for me, it felt right at the time. I never really had a religion, I've never really been a religious person, uh, and I believed that it would help me, and it has helped me ever since that I uh, took my shahada and reverted to Islam, and I think it would help anybody. And um, Was there a moment where the decision was made? Yes, absolutely. Well, I say that. Uh, there was a moment that I took a, a big step into that direction. I've, I've said it on previous podcasts before. I was out on a day out in my dad's helicopter with my friend who is also a revert. And his mum was taking her shahada that night. So we come back from uh, from the trip in the helicopter and he said, right, I've got to get back home because my mum's taking her shahada tonight. So I said, as I do, because I'm just a, a you know, kind of a forward person, happy to do anything, you know, very easy going. I'll come with you to see what it's all about. I asked the question, is it all right if I come in there? I'm not a Muslim. They said, yeah, you'd be welcomed with open arms, you know. So I walked in there and I felt something in the mosque that day that I'd never felt any religious place or any earthly place at all. And I asked the imam that was doing his mum shahada for a Quran. Then I opened the Quran and started, because it's not something I could walk into a mosque and say, right, I felt this feeling, I'm now taking my shahada. But it, what it did do was open my eyes, I'm going to look into this. And so I did, I read the Quran twice before I took my shahada. I was very compatible with everything that was in the book. And I could see the guidance that it tries to give any, all of the readers and anybody that follows the religion will totally understand. And... After that, I read it twice. I never just read it once. I read it twice because, once again, I'm not the best reader in the world. I'm not illiterate, but my reading is very appalling. I, did, I learnt myself to read and write when I come out of school. I come out of school when I was 12, and I learnt to read and write through social media because I had to. Wow. Because back when Facebook, when I first saw Facebook, there was no voice message or voice note or dictaphones where you could just talk and it would write. So I, I literally learnt myself. Mm. Um, so... I can read words, but to understand an actual book or to understand a chapter of a book is quite difficult for me. It would take me twice to to really understand it or, or to have a full understanding of it. And I read it and I was very compatible and, like I say, like it's proved me very right. And how has it improved your life? <clears throat> it's just given me a better life. It's enhanced everything I've done. Instead of thinking to myself, oh, why haven't I done this or why haven't I done that? I now look at things as in I'm blessed to be alive for another day. Amen which, to that. Which, 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 which helps. Mm. And gratitude, is that something you maybe haven't felt much until you converted to Islam? I don't know what gratitude means. Being in the present moment, feeling very blessed to be alive. Absolutely, 100%. I've never really had that feeling ever in my life. If, hence, I don't even know what the word means. Yeah. But... What it is, is that I'm, it just makes you think that I'm grateful for what I have and not upset with why I haven't got there or why I haven't done this, but it just makes me so much more grateful. You know, do you know where I'm coming yeah. from? Like, thank God I'm alive. Thank God my family's healthy. Thank God yeah. I've got food on the table. Anything I do apart from that is a bonus. Mm. Yeah, because it seems daily now like I hear stories. One of my friends... Um, his wife spent the day with her friend and then found out that evening she'd hung herself. Mm. 
and there's people who, you know, they, they lose their children in war. And yet we're all getting anxious and stressed about small shit. Why do we all not be more present and feel more blessed every day for this real rarity that we have, which is life? Because we, I, I believe, the same as myself, we needed something to point us in that direction and open our eyes to what we do have. Right. And that life is very precious. Yeah. And when you read the Quran, you will understand all of this. Right. Or I did. That's yeah. like I said, it changed my whole mindset and it enhanced it and made me want to be a better person. Now, my intentions, I was never a bad person. I wasn't in a bad place. I didn't think, well, I'm a bad person. I've done this, 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 and this. Of course, I've done some uh, 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 sins in my time, as you would say, and I will carry on sinning because I'm a student. We all sin. But I now have a conscience that kicks in. I always had a conscience. But just that little bit more to think that, you know, when we're by ourselves and we're in our own time and no one's looking, we can get up to whatever we want. But then to think that God's looking over on you, who are you kidding? You know, so these are the reasons that it helps me. It would be a, an endless conversation on where and why it would help me. But mm. It has. Yeah. So is there a bit of a challenge whereby you're now in this place where you're blessed to be alive and mm. grateful for everything you've got, but to continue to be successful, don't you need a bit of lack and hunger? We were talking about the boxing, yeah, yeah. weren't we? You know, people who need the money and love the sport, They've got the hunger. So when your gratitude and everything is just perfect, does that take that hunger away? It hasn't taken it away from me. It's actually made my work and my life easier. Because like I say, if something doesn't go my way, I turn back, thank God I'm alive. If it does, great. You know, it hasn't maybe it's enhanced me as a person. Right. Like it's actually, and my dad said that on a podcast, because I said to my dad, we was on a podcast together once and, I asked my dad, do you think it's made me a better person? And he said, no, I think it's enhanced you as a person, which was a beautiful and a great way to explain it to the audience and even to myself. And yeah. ever since he's told me that, that is the way I would explain it. Because I wasn't a bad person. Yeah. But I don't believe I was always relatively successful. And I always pushed to go further forward. Like, I haven't changed as a person. If you knew me before and you knew me after, I haven't really changed as a person. Yeah. There's just obviously things that I now do and some things I don't do. So do you not deal in gold watches anymore? I do deal in gold watches, I just don't wear them. Right. Like, it's fine to own gold, but it's not okay to wear it. Now, women are allowed to wear it, but men are not. Right. So did you sell all the gold watches no, you I'd still, I'd still, I, I would have sold them before anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'd have yeah. tried to sell them as yeah. quick as I can, but no, I've still got gold watches and I just don't wear them. Yeah. I thought I don't wear any gold. Mm. So... You, did you say you left school at 12? 12. Um, so did you um, start learning how to sell when you were that age? I used to sell, I used to buy and sell sweets in school. Before uh, age 12? All, my whole life has evolved around business. Right. And earning money. Yeah. And is that, did that come from your dad or from you? Um, it was a very entre entrepreneurial background that I come from. Like my dad's mum and dad are... are, are very hard workers. My mum's mum and dad are very hard workers. My dad is an extremely hard worker. My mum's a hard worker. You know, it's literally yeah. in the genes. Yeah. So at school, you're selling sweets to kids age 10. That's what you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you learn about selling age 10? Well, actually, what I learned was um, I used to buy the sweets from a sweet shop. But I wasn't the first person doing it. I'd just see somebody doing it thinking, right, what a brilliant idea that is. 
And I used to buy the sweets out of a sweet shop and then I fell on top of the cash and carry, which was a brilliant learning curve for me mm. because then yeah. I found out where the sweet shops was was buying them for. Yeah. And I was on also another podcast and someone said to me, oh, great, so you undercut everybody else. I said, no, I never undercut everybody else. So I was still selling the same as everybody else, but I was getting more profit. Yeah. You know? Mm. So um, that's what I would say. Learn. I've had, always had a very good ability to trade, but what it did do was give me a lot of life lessons. Like, you know, I'm very reluctant to give credit and I learned that in school. Like, it's extremely difficult when I give somebody credit, oh yeah, go on, no problem, pay me tomorrow. And then I'm trying to find them around the playground and I'm not selling nothing because I'm chasing my own money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we're talking very minimal, like 50 pences and But you remember pounds, getting that as a lesson at that well, age? Well, it's a very, very good and easy lesson to learn. Now, yeah. sometimes it's got to be done in business, I understand that. But I learned that, well, why should you be wasting your own time trying to chase your own money? <laughs> Is it worth it? You have to weigh up the pros and the cons. Yeah. What else did you learn about selling? Um, to be honest with you, there was... To be honest with you, writing everything down made life a lot easier for me because sometimes when you don't write things down you've got money and you've got stock and you're looking at it both thinking this don't match up but if you write everything down it's like it's a lot easier to understand what you've done mm. which made which made me once again a very experienced salesman you know and i don't mean a very experienced or, or a very experienced dealer because a salesman is someone that tries to sell something like what i was selling sweets in school for example they sold themselves, you knew what you was getting. And that's the same with watches, but as I've got older, you knew what you're buying, you either want it or you don't. Right. That you can try and source it somewhere cheaper, that's completely up to yourself. Yeah. But I was a good uh, uh, a good dealer, like I was a good trader. And from school, I went and bought a van when I was... As soon as I come out of school, I bought a, a, a transit van. I got a driver, and I used to drive around industrial estates and corner shops selling high-vis vests, floor mats, like the rubber-edged floor mats. Um, blue paper towels, toilet paper, anything that I could, anything that I could offer that somebody couldn't really say no to, you know. Mm. And I had, I had, a, I faced a lot of rejection, and I faced it young, and that was a good because it never, I never used to feel nice. Like a, after I got rejected, like for example, if I was to come in here and offer you something, and you said no, and sometimes no wasn't enough for people. Like, they really wanted to lay it on you thick that, you know, we would never buy off of you. Too expensive. We don't know where that stuff's come from. Do you understand where yeah. coming from? Like, it's kicking the teeth. Yeah. But it didn't, I didn't want to, after that, go into the next door. Yeah. You know what I mean? I said, oh, do I really want that again? But no, I didn't. I put me, put me at up high. I walked into the next place and it, and it was just a numbers game. To be mm. honest, I got, if I sold one thing, I would have had to have gone through 20 rejections. And I was, again, what that taught me was, then I had outgoings. When I was in school, I never, I obviously had to buy the stock, but I don't call that a, an expense because obviously you have to buy something cheap to sell it for expense. But I don't call that an expense. I call an expense what has to go out, you yeah. know, like a driver, diesel, mm. my insurance, my tax. So I had overheads now when I come out of school. And then when I had the overheads, that's what taught me more about real life because I could have a good day today, go out tomorrow not do no good, and I'm eating into yesterday's profit, which that is a kick in its teeth in itself, especially where I was young. So I had my driver to pay, I had diesel, which we're only talking maybe at the time, my expenses to go to work was about, 
150 to 200 pound a day, including everything. That's my insurance, my driver, and my diesel. Um, and you know, I didn't take into consideration was the cost of my van, but we got around that because I'd come to that in a minute. Right, so when I was there, um, I learned about the outgoings and the expenses, and that's what taught me about real life. And sometimes I didn't make that, so I had to go into yesterday's or sometimes I had two or three bad days, but that's what kept pushing me forward to try and try and try and try, because it was horrible. It's the mm. worst feeling in the world, thinking you've got something, going out tomorrow, and then it'd be taken away from you. And the van, oh, I thought cost me money, but no. After that, I ended up buying the van, putting it up for sale while I was using it, and then sold that for a profit, and then bought another one. And then at the time, after that, I had two vans. So I had one that I was using, and then if I sold that one or sold the other one, I always had a car to go to working, because I didn't want to be left stranded. But I ended up getting my utility or works vehicle, then ending up making me money or not losing any money. Mm. Which sometimes at the end you could have a little touch, or sometimes you wouldn't lose any money. But it was, it was a good formula that used mm. to work for me. So do you think it did you good learning rejection young? And what would you say to people who still um, feel that pain of rejection? I, th I think you've, you've got to take it as, as a lesson and, you know, all experience. And, and sometimes rejection is good because if somebody explains to you why they're rejecting you, then you can go and change your ways or change your product or change whatever it may be. It's very different from what I was doing. But for example, if you were selling that bottle oh, and I was to walk it into you and try and sell it to you and you said, no, I'm not buying that, then the thing is like, why don't you want to buy it? Mm. Then if you give me some a reason why you don't want to buy it, so if I come in and change the top and change the writing, would you be interested? Yeah. If it was cheaper, would you be interested? Just to learn from it. Mm. I think, listen, if we learn... If we learn from things, it's 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 never a loss. It's only ever uh, only ever a lesson. Mm. It's not rejection. It's a lesson. And if you you've got to try and pull the benefits out of anything you do. If you lose money in a deal, try and take a big learning curve from it, so then you don't do it again. So then the next time you go back into the same sort of deal, you're coming off the back of experience, which is 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 as good as profit because then you're not going to lose the next time, or you're going to have a lot less chance of losing any money or it going. It's going to work in your favour. Mm. So why don't people face rejection more? There must, it, that feeling sometimes can be so strong, can't it? Yeah. We can talk about it logically, but you know when you really feel that fear. Sorry, ask the question again. Why don't people face rejection more? Because I have this theory that if people faced more rejection, they would be more successful. Um, but there's a fear, I guess, or an emotion that's stopping them. It's a, it's a mental a mental block, like a mental wall, like the same as a runner's wall. Like I've never run into a runner's wall, and I've never. I've never let my mind stop me, and that's what a lot of people do. Mm. Like their own mind puts, a, no, I don't want to do that because they're worried. I think it's a little bit more embarrassment. And I did used to get very embarrassed. Like, like your office outside, there's an office office full of people. Now you don't know how to get to the right person, so you have to, you know, ask like, who do I speak to? Who's the manager? Who's the director? And um, you know, some people just can't can't handle that in front of people, etc. It doesn't. But like I say, it's I say it doesn't bother me now. But I'm so experienced at it. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me at all. Mm. You know, and we are in our life. We're going to face so much more rejection than 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 acceptance or a positive attitude. Like there's a lot more negativity in the world. There's a lot more negativity in the world than there is positive. Mm. And how did you get into Trading, selling, dealing in watches. Um, 
first of all, I've always loved watches and the lockdown come and I wasn't doing anything at the time. I've always had a watch or a couple of watches of my own. I understand watches. And then when the lockdown come, obviously I think it attracted a lot of people mm. attention, including myself massively. Because the prices went because up so much. They're just, they just went up so much. Yeah. And um, it's a very good job for me. I like jobs that... I like... As it stands at the moment, me personally, I am my own business. Like, if I stopped working, like, my money... I've got two mobile home parks and I've got a, a, an apartment in Knightsbridge, which I Airbnb out, which they, they, make, they make money. But my business, I buy and sell tickets for events and I buy and sell watches. If I'm not there running them businesses, they will fall to pieces. Yeah. They're not just making money while I sleep. Mm -hmm. no, but I enjoy doing that. It keeps me very active. But it was just the, 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 the market when the lockdown come around was what attracted me to it so much because I wasn't actually, I had my two mobile, I'm always doing something, but I never actually had something to keep me 100% occupied. Mm. Because even if I'm not buying or selling a watch, you can create social media content or you could be ringing around trying to find a watch. You know, it keeps you very busy. There's always something to do. You can never go, right, my day's finished, I'm going on. Yeah. You can always sit and try to find more deals. Mm. And how do you get a good deal on a good watch then? Um you just got to find that someone said, in reality, it's if when somebody needs the money and you're there and ready to uh, uh, manoeuvre and act fast. You know, if someone wants the money today and you're ready there to sat, ready to pay for it, then that's how I would say that it works because mm -hmm. the thing is next week they could be in a different position and don't want to sell it. Usually when someone comes down to sell a watch, they've either got something to buy, somewhere to put the money because a lot of the time people put money into a watch maybe so they don't spend it mm -hmm. and because they're, they're, they are a very good investment. I don't know where they stand at the moment, but especially then they was a very good investment. So when someone's looking to sell it, they usually want to sell it. I mean, what you've got to take into consideration is Obviously, when they need the money, which if you're ready to pay straight away, that's obviously going to work in your favour. The yeah. price they want for the watch, but obviously, I'm a trader, I'm looking to sell it for a profit, and people have got to understand that, that I am not going to give what I advertise the watch on my page for, so I'm not going to pay somebody what I advertise it for, yeah. obviously. Mm. But some people don't understand that still, but I'm happy to go through the bad to get to the good. Yeah. Um, so there's it's, it's the same as anything, you know. And and doing your checks and knowing the market helps. Like mm. if you know the job that you're in, you're ready to operate. Because sometimes, even sometimes me, I have to go to somebody else and ask their advice. Because I don't want to go, yep, yeah, right, go on, I'll buy that. Because I've just seen it advertised on somebody else's Instagram page. And it's very, it's very easy to make a mistake because we all get hungry and we all get greedy there's no good or i do i don't know about anybody else but i'm sure anybody in the business in the entrepreneurial world get hungry and get very greedy and i am that person also so if somebody offers me a watch i don't like losing out but at the same time i don't like losing money but so to understand the market and to be able to say yeah i will give you xxx straight away also helps very much. But there is sometimes that I don't understand the price of a watch and that I don't know. So I have to go, hold on a second, I'll come back to you. Which in that time that you've done that, they could have gone somewhere else and they could have acted a lot faster and a lot sooner and then you could lose the deal. Mm. Do you think you built up an intuition of what kind of watches are going to do well, go up and not being a watch dealer? What does intuition mean? As in, ha have you got a sense that a certain type of watch is likely to go up or down? Go up in value? Yeah. Well, I thought I did when everything was going up because most things was going up. Now I'm very cautious about that. Like, I, I wouldn't... 
I wouldn't buy something today, me personally being a trader, and I have done this, I wouldn't buy something today on the hope that it's going to go up. It must be worth what I'm paying for it right. today. So you've got to get a good to deal today. Yes. Yeah. So, and before, in 2020, 2021, I was, I would buy things on the basis that, yes, that is going to go up. Like I'd buy it today for all the money and then in a couple of weeks' time, it would be worth more. Mm. But that was just the way the market was. I don't know if that was me or... or but now I couldn't. I, w I wouldn't do that. I've had my fingers burned. I actually, when the crash happened or the, the watch market went down because it was peaking, peaking, peaking and just overnight, bang, it, it kind of collapsed. And when that happened, I was left with a lot of stock that I didn't overpay for at the time. But a lot of that stuff I bought on the basis of I'm going to wait for it to go up and then sell it. And a lot of the stuff I just held on thinking that I could get more. Like, you know, what I'm a very big believer in, and that taught me that lesson then, profit beats potential. You know, what you mm. could potentially get if someone's offering you a profit that day, just let it go. Yeah. You know, on to the next deal. Mm. If you had to pick, say, two or three watches that you believe are good investments, what would they be? I would say... As a brand or a Pacific watch? You choose. Right, well, I would say Richard Milley, they haven't really, they haven't really, I haven't seen, they've been affected, of course, because the thing is people are not just running to go and buy them how they was, but they've kind of stuck, a lot of their watches have stuck around the same sort of price. I think Patek's on their way back up, 5980s have gone back up a little bit. And obviously your Rolex Daytons. Mm. I think they're just timeless and I think mm. they're going to do very well. But actually this year, this actual year, maybe a month ago, I believe that Rolex have made these new watches that they've brought out. I don't know if you follow Rolex. Do. Yeah. But Ooh. right, well, they've, they've. I don't know if they've ever done this before, but I don't think they have. I haven't done my research, but I should. But I'm quite confident that they've brought these new Daytonas out, you know, like a bit like a facelifted car. They've never done that, mm. which is going to affect the secondary market, or I believe they've done that to affect the secondary market because nobody's going to want the old one. They're all going to want the new model before it was all the same, just different letters on a card. Yeah. And I think Rolex have done that because I, d I don't know. They call us the grey market because mm. we're not illegal. We're not the black market, but they don't like us. No. Like I can't walk into a Rolex shop and go and get a shop at least even if I was to buy it for myself or not. No. No, what, because they think you're... Well, you're a trader. They think you're going to take it and go and, and, and go and sell it. Which yeah. is, I think if you're going to buy something, I think you should be... Like, it's even cars nowadays, you know? If they yeah. think that you're a trader, they will not sell you a car. Like, I think to myself, come on, if I want to come and buy a car, you're having your profit. Can't you just leave everybody to eat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're getting your profit. If you're not happy for selling it for that money, then, you know, go back to Porsche or go back to whatever the garage may be or go to whoever's head office and say, right, we need to make more money. But if that's what you're selling them for, I can't do no more than come into a shop and give you what you're asking for it. Yeah. You know, like just because they're making a premium, there's a gap in them. But I suppose that's what keeps them making a premium. Yeah. It's making it more difficult for people to get. But if I was to get a watch out of Rolex, I genuinely, I don't really keep watches for myself because I buy and sell them. If I could get one out of the shop, I would keep it as... 
I would keep it as a bit of like an own personal watch. You know, I know where it's come from. But like, you know, I'll make a day of it, you know, to mm. go there to go and pick it up. But I don't because I just buy and sell them, but they won't sell them to me anyway. Mm. I've tried, obviously. Yeah. Do you think Richard Mille's gone up so much because they don't make very many watches? Sorry? Richard Mille. Richard, Richard Mille, yeah. Yeah, do you think they've gone up so much because they have such small supply? Do they make about five or 6,000 watches, is that right? I don't know. If there's one watch that I haven't sold many of, it would be Richard mm. Mille. Because mm. um, they went crazy, didn't they? They went mad, but the thing yeah. is, the, the crash hasn't really affected it. Now they've gone down an awful lot, but only because there's not there people running to buy them, but not as much as, say, mm. AP's gone down or, or Patek's. Mm. Patek's have gone down an awful lot, and yeah. obviously Rolex have as well. Richard mm. Milley have gone down, but not as much as all of them. But they still feel the prices are higher than the what might be the bottom of the market, aren't they? They're still quite a lot higher. 100, 100%, 100%. And I don't, I don't really know. I don't know what affects and makes the watch market go good. If you want the truth... I think that when the lockdown come around and you know Bitcoin went up, there was a lot of people that got their hands on money that never had money. Mm. In in my honest opinion, so that's what did I believe. You, did, did did you find people um, who were buying your watches had money from crypto and things like that? You know, you... Um, I don't. I done a lot with the trade, me personally, because when I first started, I didn't have a retail database, and I'm mm. still growing that now to this day. So buying watches was where I earned, where I, I was better at buying watches cheap than I was selling them retail. So I used to do a lot of deals with the trade, but yeah. I, so I didn't really have many customers that, um, that 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 that. Uh, was into crypto or anything like that. But I do know people that was dealing with people yeah. that was getting a lot of money. And it's not only crypto, it's not only crypto. The government was giving away free money. Mm. And there was people that have never seen 50,000 pounds in their life getting gifted 50,000 pounds and they don't know what to do with it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm like in, in reality, there was people out there that was giving half to someone of coming up to the idea of saying, why don't you go and get a bounce back loan? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not free money, though, is no, it? No, no, of course not. Yeah. But to them, it felt at like the it. time that it, it felt like it. You know, mm. like that's what that's what there was people out there doing. Yeah. What have you learned being the son of a gypsy billionaire, the most successful financially gypsy? What have you learned from your dad? Oh, more or less everything I know, I suppose. You know, I'm. Uh, I've learned an awful lot, like, uh, like everything. It's very hard to, 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 because it would be everything, everything. Like, he'd be, probably made me the man I am today, of course. Would I be where I am today without him? Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, we're all still learning up and uh, all, th all throughout our life. We never stop learning. I'm sure I teach him him some stuff as well, but it's a hard, hard question for me to answer. That He's taught me an, uh, an awful lot, but to be able to specifically name one thing is difficult. You were on a podcast with him recently, weren't you? Mm -hmm. Had you done that before? No. What was it like? Um, he's very difficult to get a word in your face, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so it was all right. I suppose I was just sitting there and looking pretty, you know? <laughs> you, you're finding it good getting a word in edgeways here, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice to talk. Yeah. Yeah, your dad is very articulate, isn't he? Very good at talking. Yeah, he's he knows done it a lot how for to... Us. Um, 
he knows how to like, kind of dictate and, and, and dominate a conversation, you know? Yeah. He's good. He's listen, but like I say, he's, like I was saying before we, we started this podcast, he's been around the block, he, he knows mm. what he's doing. Mm. So people who um, are young and hungry for success, mm-hmm. but they aren't where they want to be yet, because mm-hmm. you're young and successful, mm-hmm. what should they go and do? That's, now, that's a hard question for me to answer also, because I, I don't know. That it depends on the individual what they should go and do, and I've, I, I've said this before, and this is what I truly believe. It's very easy to look up and say, right, go and do something you enjoy. Now, sometimes doing something that you enjoy doesn't pay the bills. Boxing. Right? <laughs> yeah. it, sometimes it just doesn't yeah. doesn't pay the bills, what, yeah, whatever true. it may be. You can, like, and he's very, very good at if you do something you enjoy, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, that's great. You do something you enjoy and you don't get paid, you'll never earn a pound in your life either. <laughs> so, you know, my, yeah. advi- my advice would be start with something. If you can't find something that you enjoy, then you've got to work yourself into a position where then you are in a position to look up and say, right, I want to do this, this, this or this. Now, there's plenty of things. I, I've, done, I've had a drainage company. I never enjoyed that. There's things I've done throughout my whole life that I, that I don't enjoy. But can you get the enjoyment out of making the money and knowing that you're doing good business even if... I don't get enjoyment out of it, but I get a satisfaction that makes me think that it was worthwhile and gets me up the next morning. Right. But to sit there and say that I enjoyed it, absolutely not. No. But that still, I would get up at five o'clock in the morning, no problem, and get up to go and do a job that I didn't enjoy, something yeah. that I didn't enjoy to go and earn money. I enjoy making money. Mm. Is there something out there that people are missing? Are there mistakes that people are making in not making money and being successful that you see? Um, yes, I do. I believe that a lot of people have a sense of entitlement and any sort of feeling or thinking that I am entitled to be here and they're not, you're wasting time, wasting like you know our thoughts and our, and our brain powers valuable and you shouldn't direct it in in them sorts of ways of i should be why am i not and i i have also thought like that and it doesn't help you should be thinking of how can i get to and why and there's a formula that works for everybody and i've said this a million times hard work and determination hard work and determination persistence very simple whatever you want to do however you want to go about it that's what i believe that's what's worked for me because i'm not i've never really been the best at anything but what I have been is very, very, very persistent and very hardworking. And why do you think people are now entitled? Um, I, ju- I, don't, I can't really answer that question, but it's just that the way I see the world at the moment, that they're entitled to this, why ain't this going this way, why ain't that going that way? They just have a sense of entitlement that they're entitled to better when mm. you're entitled to whatever you work for. But you think we're entitled to nothing, we've got to go and earn it? 100%. Mm. It's a fact. Yeah. That's the way of the world. Yeah. Whether that is or whether it ain't, life is not fair. No. It might not be fair. You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help what happens to you, but you can help how you respond exactly. to what happens to you. Yeah. Do you have to be ruthless in business? Um, I think you have to be hard but fair. Ruthless is, is the way I see the word ruthless is not how I would want to be when I'm doing a business deal, I wouldn't want to be ruthless. I would like for both parties, me and my customer, to both leave happy. That's how I'd like it because I believe in repeat business. That's the best kind of business. When you haven't got to look for it, you ain't got to spend no more money on marketing. You've got a database of people that you can all work with. You're all earning money together and everybody leaves happy. When I can say there's a watch there, go and pick that up. 
Oh yeah, okay, can I pay you for it tomorrow, Alfie? Yeah, okay, take it, no problem. That's good business for me. Yeah. Or if I can say to somebody, do you know what, I haven't got the money there for that watch today, could you come and drop it off to me and I'll pay you in a week's time? No, I know that goes against what I was saying earlier on in the <laughs> podcast, but that's but if good you know business. Them, if, you, yeah. if you know that, it, it, it's brilliant. So if you was ruthless with them and they come and offered you a watch for, for and I'm just using this as an example, they come and offered you a watch that's worth 15 grand, you say, can I give you 10 for it? And they take it. Well, you've had a brilliant side of the deal and you've gone and earned five grand, but if they go back and do their research, they're going to think, well, that was wrong. That's what I believe to be ruthless. And some people are out there and it works for some people. But for me, I would rather keep everybody happy. I would rather and um, everything run smooth and everybody eats mm. and everybody does well. That's just how I think, but it's obviously some people. And I do think you'd be, you've got to be very hard and, and, and stand your ground, the same as anything. But like I said, I believe in being fair. Mm. Do you think right now in society there's maybe a bit of an attack on successful men, successful white men, for example? Um, if there is, I have not took any notice to it. No. Because it's something, for me, that is something that, again, you can't let get in your head. Right. I wouldn't want to think that that is the case. Yeah. But I, I do understand where you're coming from. But I wouldn't let that, that bother me. All these little things that are around me and mental energy, I try to keep it positive, positive, mm. positive. Mm. And do you ever get haters, trolls, anything like that? Oh, loads. All yeah. the time. And how do you deal with that? It doesn't bother me. At all. If anything, it pushes me further forward. It does. Honestly, it does not bother me. I tell you, when it would hurt, a, a, a geography comment come, a geography comment coming from somebody I love or who I idolise. Right. Yeah. If it come from them, I would be very disappointed. But to somebody that I've never met who is not nowhere near in my position, then it's obviously not going to bother you, is it? No. And it doesn't bother me. And you know, it might be a horrible mindset, but then when I get bad or, or, or nasty comments from people that I'm far advanced of, how is that going to bother me? Yeah. But if it's somebody that I idolise and that I like, then I take it as a lesson. Right. You know, so it yeah. doesn't bother me either way. Now, I don't really get a lot of bad comments from people you love because it doesn't come in a nasty way, does it? You no. know, it comes in a, a supportive, constructive criticism way. Yeah. You know, so mm. but any, 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 anybody else, no, don't bother me, not no. the slightest. I'd like to say that it pushes me so much further forward, but there would be nothing to push me any harder anyway. So. Right. Do you want to be a billionaire? Do I want to be a billionaire? I want to be as rich as I possibly can. Now, God set my path out for me, and all I've got to do is get up every morning, thank God that I'm alive, and for everything else, and the blessed life that he has given me. But... I, I believe I'm going to be a billionaire. I've got the hard work, determination, and persistence. I think anything I put my mind to, I can get my head around it. I, th I think anybody can. But having the mindset of telling yourself you can do it, you're halfway there. Right. You know? Yeah. You're a lot further forward than other people. If you mm. don't, you don't. Again, once again, you'll take experience from it. Oh, there's plenty of things I've failed at. Plenty. Yeah. Plenty. But I always, like I say, I take them as lessons, mm. not losses. I think it was Henry Ford. I may have got the person wrong but if you think you can or you think you can't you're, you're right. right yeah so you think success and money is as much in your mindset as it is what you actually do with skills of course of course it's i think it's mainly a mindset 90 percent wow of a mindset personally yeah is it the same with boxing fighting is that uh there's a lot there's a lot that comes with boxing. Boxing is a very, 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 very hard sport. 
are very hard. I'm, I'm sport. learning this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's a very hard sport, and you know, until you get to an elite level, it's not a very well paid sport. No. And the risk element and the risk factor that you, you're putting up is not worth any amount of money, is it? No. You know. No. But still, that's that's why it's just, it's, it's a brilliant sport to watch because mm. people are actually putting their neck on the line. Now I know it don't happen often, but you, there could be life changing injuries. It has happened. Yeah. In the past. Mm. Mm. What would you say is the best investment you've ever made? The best investment I've ever made? It has to be my mobile home parks. I've got one in Basildon in Essex called Craze Hill and I've got one in Dunstable. I would say that equally is, was as a good investment. Mm. But property is, is always, you know, nothing's 100% secure is it but no. I would say it's definitely 99 yeah because the problem is even if you buy it let's just say a house for example if you was to buy a house and you put it up for sale and you don't sell it you can still rent it out mm. there's other avenues that you yeah, can you can't rent down. out your watches can no. you just money stuck no, in them exactly yeah. they sit there and if anything people say oh well they don't cost them well technically they do because after a year or two you just need to go and get it serviced mm. so you're just paying money to leave them sat there yeah or chances are it could depreciate. Yeah. Property, rarely does it happen. I understand that we go through recessions and things, but once again, if you understand the market, you study the market and do your due diligence before you buy something, then you're gonna be a lot further forward, aren't you? You're gonna be in a lot better for, uh, of a position. Yeah. Well, um, when you passed your test, what was your first car? A transit van. And what was your first sports car? Um, I had an E220 Mercedes. Right. You like cars, do you? If I don't lose any money out of them. Ah, so can you, could you buy a car and lose a hundred grand on it, even if you loved the car, even if you could afford the money, or is that just like almost against your religion to lose money like that on a car? Um, I've lost a lot of money on cars before, um, but because when I was younger, that was what I worked for. Now I've got a little bit older, it, uh, it's nice to have a nice car and it's good to have a good presence and it's good to have mm. a good social presence. Now I, I love social media because it's because it is a, a meeting place from your phone. You don't know who you're going to meet, you don't know who you're going to connect to. And I've connected with a lot of people that I've done a lot of business with, but the problem is if you do not have a good social account, they're not that interested in talking to you. No. You know, and it's yeah. the same as if you've got a nice car, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yeah. In the job that I'm in, someone's going to want to buy a car off. Uh, someone's more likely to buy a watch off a fella in the big Range Rover than they are a Fiesta. Yeah. In reality. Yeah. Now, some people might understand, some people might not understand, but that's just the way of the world, mm. unfortunately. So, my business partner is really rich and he hates losing money on cars. And he will spend months researching buying a car at the right age at the bottom of the depreciation curve. And he will get more pleasure out of, like we, the first sports car we shared, this was like 15 nearly years ago, was a Ferrari 430 Spider. We gave 75 for it, we sold it for 72 five years later and he absolutely loved that. Um, now you know watches and you see prices, mm -hmm. can you look at a car and just enjoy it without looking at its depreciation? Like I say, as, uh, when I was younger, I used to work for cars, that used to be my end goal to get to a car, to get into a nice car. So I used to run in and just go and buy whatever I could. And back 
back then you could actually walk into a garage and probably buy what you want. Now it's very different to yeah. that. I, actually, it's probably better now because the thing is you can walk into a garage and buy a car out of a garage, drive it for six. Now, not everything, yeah. but there are cars out there that you can are holding in, their value, making more, yeah. make a premium. Yeah. Because there's a waiting list or knowing when to get in and, and, and when to get out. But I don't like losing, I don't like losing all money on cars anymore. I've done that when I was younger. And yeah, I enjoyed the cars, loved them. Loved, loved every second of them. The thing is, I must tell myself that because otherwise yeah. I would be very upset. Yeah. Because I've lost a lot of money. And the thing is, when you actually look and think to yourself, like, wow. Like, for example, I bought an M4 when I was 17. It was documented on Channel 4. I bought an M4 when I was 17. I think I give £64,000 for it. And I sold it for 50 about three or four months later. And that was a really big kick in the seat. Like that was when I took a step back and thought, well, like I can't afford to do this. Mm. Yeah, because it's hard to see losing money when you can't see the money. No, it's just the car. Exactly. Well, the way I look at it and the way, the way it was, you know. Well, that car to me, all the time I was driving, all the time I was in it, I told myself I had £64,000 in that car. Now, you haven't yeah. lost the money, so it's gone. But That's why it's difficult ex- sometimes ex- to track it. Exactly. Yeah. Was that the most you lost on a car? No, it's not. What's the most you've no, lost? No, it's not. Uh, I lost £60,000 on a, on a Portofino. Right. Did you buy it new? Yeah. Yeah. Every car I've bought has been new. Yeah. You're not tempted to buy them two or three years old, so someone else has had the depreciation. Mm, if, that, if I was to buy a car that was second hand, I'd be buying it specifically to sell it. Right. Yeah. What are you driving at the moment? At the moment, I have got a V-Class. I haven't got any cars at the moment. I've got a couple of cars on order, though. Yeah, what? I've got a Turbo S. Yes. My, my business partner and I are just fishing for one of those. Which is, which is, a, yeah. uh, which is a good car. Uh, I've got an M- Porsches don't drop he- too heavy, do they, compared to other cars? Well, at the moment they're on a, they're on a little bit of a hype, aren't they? Mm. But once again, the car market can go like that. You know, it's yeah. very very difficult to un- understand. Like overnight, that it can change. Mm. And did uh, you get the Turbo S because it's a great all rounder? No, I had a, I had a Turbo S in the summer, just gone. I absolutely love the car. It was perfect, very practical, and it's easy yeah. to park in London. Yeah, and it's a, a nice big sports car. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, but all round and no, I like, I've started playing golf, which it's not going to be the very practical for that, but still. Yeah. Yeah, I have the Panamera Turbo S. You can stick a lot of golf clubs yeah, in there. Yeah, very good yeah. car. My mum had a Panamera. I like Porsches. They're a good, reliable car mm. with a good engine and very good handling, actually. Yeah. Um, I have an M3 Touring, the estate one that's supposed to be coming. Yeah. And I have an SVR, but I haven't announced it yet, but I right. have put a deposit down on one. Yeah. Nice. Does money make you happy? Well, it makes me a lot happier than if I didn't have it. Because <laughs> a lot of people say, oh, money doesn't make you happy. But I think only I think broke people say that. Yeah. Well, like I say, I've never let myself get in a position where I haven't had none. Yeah. So, and I'm happy all the time. All the time? All the time. So even when things don't go right, I'm happy. Yeah. Like if something goes wrong, I will find a reason so I should still be happy. And being alive is one of them reasons. So have you worked on that? Is being happy a choice? Of course, of course. Now I do understand that, 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 that we have feelings that we can't control, but we can control our own mind and we can control what we think. And if you think positive, 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 there's always negativity trying to creep in because we are surrounded by negativity. But if you have an energy that's positive, that will also 
be contagious to other people. Mm. Now, if you're in a room with 10 negative people, you're going to come out not feeling great. But if you are a positive person, you will find reasons to be positive. And the religions help me with that, absolutely. Mm. Do, you, um, do you watch the news? Do you think the news puts out a lot of negativity? Well, in reality, they don't really air or post anything that's positive. So well, yeah, when do you ever see good news? There, when, exactly. Yeah. When, do you see, when do you see good news? When there's a recession, it's straight on there. Yeah. When everything's going up and there's loads of money around. But I don't know if that's ever been the case, you know, because... But you, never, you don't ever see it. No. You know? Yeah. It's only ever negative, like the wars, or when Ukraine and Russia started the war there, it was straight on the news. Covid flooded the whole news. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, so much so, I'm trying to think of something that's positive that they've actually put on. Maybe the king's coronation, but like, I suppose that's positive, isn't it? But Yeah, there's not much. Not a lot. There's always a... a I check the news every day just because sometimes um, doing a bit of news jacking on social media is good. Well, it's a good, it's a good conversation point, isn't it, yeah. for anybody? Especially but every day there's a, a school shooting. Yeah. There was a, what, 12, 13-year-old went and... Shot six or seven people every day. Yeah, part of me thinks I don't want to know this stuff because I want to be positive, and part of me thinks this shit goes on. Mm. But then it makes you feel lucky that you're alive, and that wasn't your daughter or your son mm. at that school. Do you think we're kind enough to each other as humans? Do I think we're kind enough to each other? Well, I think there's some people that are and some people that aren't. Mm. I think this is a good fifty-fifty split, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know. The people that are... It's a hard one to answer that question. Do I, th I try to be as kind and as good and as helpful as I possibly can to people that deserve it. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Mm. Should we do a quick fire round? We do a quick fire round What's a quick on the fire show. Round? As in um, maybe 15 second answers. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, just bash them out. Um, what's your biggest ever payday? That's all right, 15 seconds. What's my biggest ever payday? Uh, well, I haven't had it yet, but I bought a watch for £120,000. And if I was to sell it today, I think I could sell it for close to two hundred. But I haven't sold it yet, so I haven't been paid that. That's the best answer I can give for that question. But eighty grand in one watch is pretty good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Would you rather have one million cash mm -hmm. or one million engaged followers on your social media and why? Depends what the following was. Engaged for whatever you wanted them to be, whether I'd it's rather like, have the million followers engaged for whatever right. I want them to be. What would you have them be? A million watch buyers. Well, yeah, start, I was just about to say entrepreneurs, really. Yeah, they're the ones that tend to buy your watches, are they? Well, they're the ones that are willing to take chance. Right, yeah. I mean, for me, watches, you know, we're talking about cars. For me, watches, I love watches. But it's also one of the best stores of value. It's an insurance yeah. policy for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And I've made on pretty much every watch I've owned. Mm. And the more you buy, the more you learn. Exactly. And so, yeah, entrepreneurs wanting to reward themselves, but then put money into something that appreciates. Well, to be honest with you, I've, I've got a lot of people that have tried asking me for me to mentor them. And I think I could do very well. Because there's just some things in my, some of my advice of, of whatever, maybe Pogs positive thinking or experience that that my experience has come from the street solely and wholly like you know out working doing it every job i've ever done i've jumped straight in the deep end whatever mm. i do i jump straight in the deep end and you know i think that that it, it, it not a matter of if it definitely has a value and i have one hundred seventy-five thousand followers on instagram and i get 
a substantial amount of money every month just from advertising other people's business. Right. And do you say your watches on there as well? Not through my personal page, right. but I divert the traffic from my personal page right. to my watch page. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, should you mix family and business? Yes, I believe so. I think it's very good. For me, it's very good. And the reason I say that it's very good is because that business time for me and my dad, if we never had business time, we probably wouldn't spend any time together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why I would say that, that it's good. Now, it doesn't work for some people. It doesn't work for others. But that's my answer, you know? Yeah. Um, what's your biggest mistake? My biggest mistake? Not checking. As in not doing research, yeah, diligence? Not checking. Yeah. Not check, check and double check. Assumptions, the mother of all frig-ups and assuming yeah. is the problem, not right. checking. Or taking somebody's advice and banking on it. Right. You know? mm. It's very easy for someone to give you advice when you're spending your money. Yeah, and it's not their money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a common mistake I probably still make to this day, but I'd say that is that yeah. has been the reason behind my biggest mistakes. Yeah. And what about your biggest regret? I don't have any regrets. None? Mm, not really. Everyone says that, but is there, is, is there one thing that if you could go back, you'd undo it? No, because, it, okay, then if I could go back and undo it and still come away with the experience, then yes, there's probably loads of things that I'll do, but if I had to lose that experience and erase the mistake, then no, I wouldn't. Right. What's your most brutal life lesson? My most brutal life lesson? I learned not to trust nobody, even your friends. Yeah, that's sad, isn't it? Yeah. I learned that. Everybody will learn that eventually. Yeah. Fuck. I naturally trust people and I don't want to lose that. I, I, um, I was with Matt Goss. I don't know if you remember Bross. Uh-huh. Bross were a huge pop band, um, 80s. And I was with Matt Goss and he said something similar. He said, you know, I've been hurt, screwed over so many times, but I still trust people. Well, there's a certain element. In business, there has to be an element of trust somewhere along the line. Of course there does. And as a matter of fact, the reason why it hurts so much is because it actually usually comes from a friend or somebody you actually think a lot of. You know, if there was a stranger that that, that had you over on the street, you really think, oh, what a fool I am. But it's very easy to deceive somebody that likes you and somebody that trusts you. It's very easy to deceive somebody right, like that yeah. because straight away you, you want to trust them. If they're lying to you, you want to believe their lies. You're with them all the way. Can you see where I'm coming yeah, from? Can, that's how, yeah. that's why, uh, how I see it. Now, that, you know, trust is earned. But like I say, um, I, I never said it, but I kind of carried on that I used to trust people until they give me a reason not to. But mm. the thing is, you work like that, it will not be very long before you lose every penny. Yeah. What are you most excited about for your future? What am I most excited about for my future? Do you know what? I take every day as it comes and I don't really look past tomorrow. Or I don't even look past this afternoon. I don't look look past the next hour. I just take every day as it comes. And the quickest way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time, you know? Mm. So. Yeah. Is there anything that scares you? That you're dark, scared about? I like dark. It's funny, I don't like the dark. Not like I'm, I'm frightened of the dark. Like mm. The element of surprises. That's it, but apart from that, no. No. But I, to be honest, it's not. I actually suffer with something I thought was anxiety, and I've now got it a lot more under control with help to 
Islam is a lack of fulfillment. And I used to think I had anxiety. And when someone said to me, no, well, what you've actually got is lack of fulfillment, which is like, just don't know what's wrong, like an itch that can't be scratched and there's something bothering you, but you don't know what it is. And that would be lack of fulfillment. So how do you fill the fulfillment? Or do well, you... you've got to be grateful for everything you've got for a start, which also helps very much. And try, try and fulfill what you set out to fulfill in the first place. Mm. And you don't get it at all. But like I say, I, I thought I'd go inside, but I didn't. Mm. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So this show is called Disruptors. What does the word disruptive mean to you? Well, somebody that messes something up. <laughs> is that good or bad? Well, it depends. Would you like to mess up the watch industry and make loads of money? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Of course, of course. Um, but disruptive. I've only ever heard the word used in a classroom, you know? <laughs> oh, you were called that, were you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In school, actually, I used to have an exit card where they give you a card and if ever you felt like you was going to disrupt the class, you would just pull it out and you would go to like a detention room and just sit out of the class. And you just used to use your card? Well, do you know what? I used to try and learn as much as I could in school, but my attention, it wasn't that my, my attention's brilliant, but if I didn't want to learn, I just couldn't. Like, it was like a, that venue, a mental block. I was like, I'm not interested. Or if it got so far advanced where I weren't listening and I weren't where I needed to be, like I, I wouldn't even try and catch up mm. when I was in school. Like I wasn't a good learner. Like, but the thing is, in history, I used to love history. And I was spot on at it, but in reality, when I think to myself now, like where, 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 in my any area of my life is Henry and these six wives going to help me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, do you think they should teach more about business and selling and Absolute, stuff in school? Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred, one hundred million percent. I think the school, I think the the schooling system is all wrong. I think it doesn't set you up for life at all. It sets you up to be a guinea pig. Right, and how would you change? Not a guinea pig, sorry, a hamster. Right, yeah. Not to be tested and trialled on, but set up to go nine to five, not to go and set up your own business. When you're in school, you to go and get qualified, to go and get a good job, not to be a director. Mm. Does it even get mentioned? Why don't you think school teaches more about being... I don't know. I, don't, I really, 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 really don't know. I, can't, I, can't. I don't know why the school system is, out, is how it is. Um... But I, like I said, the best thing I ever did do was come out of school. Hmm. That's when I really started learning. Yeah. What? Um, where can we follow you? Where? Um, and um, if people are interested in a watch or want to follow you on social? My my social media on Instagram is at Alfie Vest. I'm on TikTok. I don't really put a lot of that on, but I put enough, you know, because I'm a big believer and I like social media. And my watch page is at the Best Kettles, but you'll see that advertised on my page. So at Alfie Best. Yeah, at Alfie yeah. underscore best. Right. What is it you love about social media? It's just a brilliant platform to be able to connect to anybody that you want. Very, 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 to, to just, just the world in your hand. You can contact anybody that is on that platform, which would be 90% of the world now. You know, you can get a message to someone instantaneously. It's just, it's just a madness. And once you've built up a big platform and a big following, like I can advertise in, I already have a small customer database, mm. you know, and I just, that's, that's, that's just what I love about it. 
why do a lot of people not use that tool then? Because a lot of people like always, they say to me, oh, I don't want to put myself out on social media. I'm worried about what people think. Oh, I'm an introvert. Oh, I don't want to get critics. Oh, you know, I don't want people to see my private life. And I hear all that stuff all the time. Um, well, obviously, they, 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 their own mind tells them that, for me, any abuse or anything that I get, the positives far way out the negatives. Right. And obviously, that they, they their maths or their sum equals a difference. Yeah. Hmm. This has been great. Thanks for coming over. No problem. Thank really you appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for the few boxing tips as well, which I <laughs> no will t- take I hope, into I hope the they ring. They do well if you lose. Don't trust me. Don't start coming blaming <laughs> me. Not, not going to lose. <laughs> no, I know I'm not. I'm not going to lose. Thanks a lot, Alfie. No problem. Cheers. Thank you. No problem.